This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the forensic files on your radio dial. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. And if we got a show for you tonight, we are going to be talking about... Damn it. I thought you hired a new intern. I thought you hired a new intern. Well, looks like neither one of us hired a new intern. Would you pick up... Well, I'll pick up the phone. All right. How about this? Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on WRNRA. Oh, we got our friend the breather back. He's back. Hey, breather, what's happening? Yes. Oh, shit, really? Um, have you called for it to request? Maybe you're on the request line. Have you called to ask us to do an autopsy on one of your favorite rock and roll songs? Yeah, okay. no, I don't really care that you took up pottery. It doesn't. That's not really important to me right now, or Scott, for that matter. We'd like to get a request. No, we'd possibly. like to get on with the show. Um, I don't speak breather. Rico, do you have any idea what he's asking uh, for? He he made this vase for his mom, and he wants to talk about it. I don't care about that. That's weird. You know, the mom who was the groupie for Winger, remember that? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right. right. Well, listen, I, breather. It's cool, man. I know you love your mom and shit, but how about a request? Okay. Uh, what? I said... Oh, oh, this is cool. Did you catch? He wants us to do Too Drunk to Fuck by the Dead Kennedys. There we go. All right, my man. Thanks for calling. We'll talk to you next time. Hang up on that clown. Yeah, seriously. All right, gang. This is Rock and Roll Autopsy. It's the Dead Kennedys. We're punk rockers tonight. We've got our safety pins in our noses and our hair all done up in mohawks. We're ready to go. But first, the news. Is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. On June 29th, 1985, Mick Jagger and David Bowie record Dancing in the Street at the legendary Abbey Road Studios in London for the Live Aid charity. They shoot the video the same day. Okay. I'm certain you remember this video, right? Of course. You you know which which parts of the video I'm referring to, right? Yes. Where they get unusually in proximity with each other and they're super friendly, so to speak. Yes. What what's your take on that? I mean, it, I've got a take, but I want to hear your take first. Well, I mean, obviously there are some in hindsight, I didn't recognize it at the time watching the video. It was on MTV a lot back in a the lot, day, lot. remember? Yep. 
But I did not pick up on the homoerotic overtones in the video as Correct. a kid. I was pretty naive to that stuff. But when I you thought, see it now, sure. it's like that Billy Squire video. It hits you over. You know which one I'm talking about where he's like in the leg murmurs, like <laughs> rolling around on his bed. When you see it now, it is... Um, Billy Squire and leg murmurs. It hot, is actually. Yeah, yeah, he's wearing like the flash dance outfit. <laughs> but when you see it now, yes, it does. Is that what you're is this what you're Yeah, uh, so I was listening to this podcast called From No Dogs in Space. They do the entire first season about punk rock and there were okay. I think three or four episodes about the Stooges. Did I ever tell you this story? Yeah, when we talked about Iggy Pop in our famous third rock and roll autopsy right. episode, we so talk about if overrated I repeat bands. this, I'm sorry, but this was related to this. So roll with it, bro. His girlfriend, who was one of the people who saved his ass from dying, um, but his girlfriend, you said that she used to sit in a chair and watch those two fuck each other for hours. I didn't say that. That came from. The No Dogs in Space podcast talking about the Stooges. So I'm just saying, man. And after watching the Dancing in the Street videos. I mean, it was a different era. It's funny because um, I don't want to get too tangential. Androgyny here, was a big it, Yeah, it was, it was a, a thing, big deal. man. I watched a documentary on uh, Shudder for Pride Month on the uh, gentleman who played, I think the character's name was a character's name, Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Are you aware of Nightmare on Elm Street two at all? I've seen it. It's been a long time. I don't want to. I don't want to get too sidebar here, but yeah. it is the gay Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. And you know, so it it has all of this homosexual subtext to it, right? Um, homoerotic scenes. There's like a towel scene in the shower, nice. and there's a famous dancing scene in the bedroom with the teenage boy and Freddie and this boy have some. I certainly. Tongue activity. If I watch this, I didn't certainly didn't watch it with that in mind. So. But he talks about how in the 1970s, yep. on the heels of free love, no one thought anything of bisexuality. Yeah. But then once AIDS hit in the 80s, it put all the people who felt free enough to come out. It kind of put them and their lifestyle back yeah. in the closet because it became super. Taboo it made it again. bad because look, yeah. people are dying because you're gay, right? That so, was the thought. Yeah, but listen, man, then. really, if if Mick, so, if that was, I mean, so I yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, if Mick and David want to bone each other for I, that's good, man. I'm okay with it. I yeah. just felt that it was interesting to talk about. But why is your hand on my knee right now? Right now. What else is in the news, sir? Um, June 29th, 1978, Peter Frampton gets in a bad car accident in the Bahamas, breaking his arm, suffering internal injuries. On the bright side, he gets to miss the premiere of the film he starred in, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Come Band, which de is derided by critics and anyone unfortunate enough to see it. Have you have you seen this? I have not seen it. You, Man, sir? really? No, I have not. I've seen this several times, actually, and I think it gets a bad rap. You're one of the unfortunate souls. Can you I give like me a little it, bit of Peter Frampton talk box right now? Do you feel like I do? Oh, do you feel like... Laugh all right. Laugh all right. Movie, so school me. What is it? What is... Tell me about this show. I've never... It's about this movie. Uh, seen Peter it. Frampton plays Billy Shears. And okay. I don't remember who plays his girlfriend, but they have adventures, and Alice Cooper is the villain. 
Um, that's cool. Yeah, uh, that's where Aerosmith does um, come together. Okay. Um, Billy D. Williams. Is that where that came from? Yeah, Billy. Oh, D- Billy that. Billy D. Williams does get back. Nice, dude. There's some great. The, the Bee Gees are in there, but the, it's like been kind of like it's been tossed into the dustbin dude, of like history 70, as like a 70s shit movie. Campy. It's it's a rock opera. There's no like George Burns plays Mr. Kite. Ah, okay. It's super cool, man. Anybody who says it's shitty isn't watching it the way that it's supposed to be watched. Anyway, that means high as a kite. Totally. Yeah. You can't watch it sober. Anyway, anybody out there who wants to have a fun time, watch that movie. It's not as bad as people say it is. Or at least just embellish it with your own mouth while uh, talk box sounds. Where do you come out on the talk box? Love it. Are you a talk box yeah. fan? But doesn't people look weird when they're playing it and they get their mouth on the little it hose thing weird. and getting all slobbery? Yeah, but I was kind of, I thought it was cool. And then I, once I figured out how it works, I liked it even more. What is like a famous talk box song? It's that Peter Frampton. Yeah, and then, do you feel like and I And then do. what's another one? And then you uh, Bon Jovi. Um, oh, yeah, Living whoa, on a Prayer. Whoa, 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 and then whoa, what about, whoa, um, whoa. isn't it in, uh, is it in Sweet Emotion? With Aerosmith? Yes, yes, at the beginning of Sweet Emotion. Yeah. All right, moving on. June 30th, 1976, police raid Neil Diamond's house and find less than an ounce of marijuana. The arrest is struck from his record when he agrees to attend a drug aversion program. I know why you put this one Yet in another here. in the series of... Rock stars behaving badly and getting away with it. <laughs> what is going on? I don't know, man. This is a weekly thing now where you're able to find some... I mean, it's not hard to find them. They're everywhere. People just... so When when the fuzz are like cracking down on Neil Diamond, they're like, Hey, man, we love you. We can't come down hard on you. Time served. Ba, ba, ba. Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. Good times. Blah, blah. Blah, blah. So good. So, so good. good. So good. All right. What um, else is in the news, sir? Does that uh, count as commentary? <laughs> <laughs> you're up next. You got. Oh, oh I read Oh, no. That. I mean, okay. July 2nd. Turn. July 2nd. July 2nd, 2015. For the first time ever, Rush make the cover of Rolling Stone. The magazine and their cohorts at the Rock cohorts. and Roll Hall of Cohorts. Interesting word choice there. Yep. Which didn't induct the band until 2013 have given Rush short sh- uh, short shrift throughout their career. But even diehard fans are pleased with the piece. I don't remember them being on the cover of Rolling Me Stone. Me either. Uh, but I know that Rolling Stone was never a huge fan of theirs. Oh, so. yeah. No. Rolling Stone. Uh, well... No one was, other than no. the Rush fans. That's it. The 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 rock and roll media once you know, again never liked. Rush it's because everybody listened to Proggy Rush, and everything after that was listened to in terms of Proggy Rush, and so everybody hated it because that, of that. Then they skewed hard rock and Rolling Stone yeah. and the and the, they did the, the rock s- and roll elite media yeah. elite. They hated hard. They rock did the too. Synthage Simmons drum thing, eighties, and people hated it and. Whatever, man. But fans liked seeing them. I don't remember this issue. I had a subscription to Rush Rolling Stone. Rush fans don't like 80s Rush. 
But I mean, but they like them being on the cover of the magazine, is what this. Yeah, says. because they Rush, got some recognition. Rush, yeah, Rush got some friends rub. feel validated. Right. See, I remember I used to have. It's a, okay being a Rush fan because now they're on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah, they finally recognized finally, my band after man. forty years. Finally, um, I had a subscription to Rolling Stone for a long time. Yeah. I used to enjoy getting it, and mm-hmm. it's funny because a buddy of mine that I currently work with still has a subscription. Wow, I can't really? believe they're still printing this thing. The paper, the paper. Yes, one? and he'll <laughs> give me he'll give me like a stack of old issues yeah. after you know he's done with them, and I'll flip through it and I'll be like, "This serves no purpose." <laughs> <laughs> it's the most useless thing ever. It's like, why? Like, recycle this bullshit, man, right? Yeah, there's nothing in there. It's oh. like, why have it? Um, anyway. It's like 80% ads and like a couple of stories strewn about, right? Yeah, that you've already, that you're already oh, you aware know. of. It's like, there's no, there's nothing in it that hasn't already been documented. It's, it's retarded, it's, right? Yeah, it's terrible. All right, that'll do it for the news, and we'll be right back. Rico. Yeah, man, what's up? We need reviews. What is that? What does that mean? Well, it's like... What does that mean to us? Well, people who listen to our podcast, it would be swell um, if they would go to Apple Podcasts and write a review or go to Spotify and give us a star rating, something between one and five. It helps us. How do we know how bad we really are if people don't tell us? We need the feedback, and the algorithm loves it, and that algorithm is hungry. It needs it needs fed bad. You know what else needs fed bad? Your ego needs fed bad on this. Yeah, I that's need... why we really want the reviews. Let's face it, right? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I need... Listen, I get zero positive feedback in my life. People around me despise me, so I'm counting on total strangers to say nice things. Yeah, we, I guess the point is is to make your ego like completely non-manageable so that I want to stop doing this podcast. And people might be motivated to do that if they dislike the podcast. Right. If they want to see in like an intercompany battle between creative differences and how I can't stand how giant your ego is, all all we need is for those people to start giving us reviews and feedback. And that'll happen, guys. You'll you'll get some really good social media entertainment here. It would be a backwards way for them to kill a podcast they hate by saying good things about it. So that my ego would rage out of control. Exactly. And you would storm off in a huff. I think we all want that, right? I know I do. So please, do us a favor and give us some feedback. This is coming to Cleveland and the walls are vibrating. Rush at the Coliseum next Thursday, December. The 
weekend never ends on WMMS Cleveland. We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born the rambunctious son of country, western, and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955, on this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity, individualism, and purpose, thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll, with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack to witness their long past the sell-by-date asses on stage, and with its chauvinism, misogyny, and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities, and with its aging, fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report. All right, we've got Too Drunk to Fuck by the Dead Kennedys off their album Fresh Fruit for Rotten Vegetables. Released September 2nd, 1980. Recorded May through June 1980. The studio was Mobius Music in San Francisco. Classified as punk rock or hardcore punk. Linked is about 33 minutes off the Cherry Red and Alternative Tendencies label. Producers Norm and East Bay Ray. All right, it's Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are going to put this song through the ringer. We've got five categories. They are gratuitous boomerism. Boomerism. Excessive misogyny. Misogyny. Wanton whiteness. Whitey. Malignant machismo. Macho. And culture vulturism. Vultures. It's Rock and Roll Autopsy. It's the Dead Kennedys. It's Too Drunk to Fuck. Rico, how do you rate it? Gratuitous boomerism. Category one. Man, you've got some, uh, I don't know really how old they are, but this is like, what, 19, what did I say, 1978, 1980 around there? Jello Biafra is in his, I think he's almost 65 now, Yeah, I so he's a little, I mean, so yeah. I guess technically they're boomers, technically. Yeah, they'd be really in the bottom, but they spend, riding that Gen X yeah, boomer line, Dude, they right? spend their whole career calling out boomers and all the bullshit that boomers <laughs> put them through. So uh, this is going to be a big fat nil in my opinion see i'm using euro soccer soccer lingo there this is a big fat nil 
Yeah, nice. I mean, I agree. I mean, I don't really care. I'm not certain how old the guys are. I doesn't think matter. Jello's in his 60s. It doesn't, no, doesn't matter. There's nothing boomer about like this Like zero. It's the yeah. complete this opposite of that. <laughs> calling out Reaganism in the 80s is like not... <laughs> Right. It's like the most unboomer thing. Reaganism that is doing. everything that boomers dream about every single night. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to score that one a zero as well. We're moving on. Category two excessive misogyny. I mean, no. I mean, I, of all of the DK songs I've listened to, I don't, there's like, no, man. I don't think so. Well, I mean, we I can't. I mean, there's a couple of, I don't know. Well, I guess we'd be looking for it in the lyrics. Okay, so so we've got... Okay. So the song is about... um, Is it about fucking? It's about being too drunk to fuck. Okay, so I interpret the song as being like... And I don't know. It could be misinterpreting it. But I interpret the song to be about um, like frat boy party lifestyle. Yeah. And these guys prioritize two things. Getting drunk and And, fucking. And getting laid. And this is like, to simplify it, it's just simply i'm too fucking drunk to fuck <laughs> and i guess if you wanted you know the two lines that i suppose stick out in my head is as potential wish, wish you were dead you ball like the baby from eraser head first of all let's address that for a minute yeah let's do that let's do it you want to you want to start to start this off this golden gem of a line well, I just any I think any Gen Xer is going to love a reference to a David Lynch film in a song. So to reference, the, it's also the baby in Eraserhead is hilarious, and so to make that reference is great. I love that line. How many times have you seen that movie? Uh, many, many, many times. Me too. There was a time in my life in the '90s when yeah. I was all about indie kind of outsider yeah. filmmaking, and so that was a movie that I loved and watched. Many How times. much like ancillary? eraser head what does this movie mean research have you done on this i've watched videos i've went i've read articles yeah you know i've never dug i never i I never went down that i totally geeked out on this movie for a while so what is it tell me it's um the guy's having a dream yeah and the baby represents like is he afraid of fatherhood yeah the yeah. baby represents the thing that he's clutching on to that he doesn't want to lose so i thought it was like his anxieties about he, fatherhood he, yeah you know I and mean, if you have a kid that's gonna you know that's the burden of kind of being a parent and you know it's so fucked up it's awesome and it's total david lynch and if there's yeah. really if there's anybody out there that hasn't watched this movie you guys are fucking crazy and you should watch it right now it also kind of dates the song too which it that's does. one thing if you're going to listen to the dead kennedys you're going to have to accept that a lot of the music sounds dated and not because it sounds not because it sounds dated to your ears because the lyrics are dated because it's always dealing with like 80s politics we're talking about jerry brown and ronald reagan (laughs) and you know it's mired in 80s culture there's a song rambozo the clown uh, you know rambo i mean it's always so you're going to be listening to music that's if you're not like hip to and Eraserhead is part of that if you're not hip to like 80s culture you're not going to get a lot of the references and it's kind of one thing that like dates their catalog how many people under the age of 30 do you think would even know about that movie let alone have seen it probably Uh, few yeah i very few. few. So, what's your score? Excessive um, misogyny. Is it the retainer no, I mean, the line? Old, that's yeah, the, <laughs> it may be the, yeah, maybe I was going to say before I score that maybe the retainer line, but what is the, hold the, on the a retainer so, line? Is um, hold on, I got the lyrics here right in front of me. Hold on, it says, uh, "You give me head, it makes it worse 
Take out your fucking retainer, put it in your purse. I don't think that's misogynistic. Yeah, I don't see that. Yeah. There's nothing misogynistic about that. Well, do you have a score then? I'm going to say I'm zero, trying to dude. get you to give it a one or no, something. No, I'm zero? still I'm still going zero on that. I'm going zero as well. I mean, girls girls giving guys head doesn't make it misogynistic. <laughs> that's just a part of life, right? Ah, it's a great part of life. <laughs> a part of life that has vanished. Long gone. It's a distant memory. <laughs> Category three, wanton whiteness. Um, How do you score, Rico? I'm going to give this bun a big fat one. No, I take that back because we've got, there's dudes, dudes that are bitching about the, the I don't know how I want to say this. Like, do you have people complaining about the upper echelon and how they're in some way causing them hassle or holding them down or making things worse for them. Um, there's, there's, that's not white. I mean, that crosses, I mean, lots of cultures. You mean like the, just the political bend of dead Kennedy's of always kind of yeah. fighting for the little guy I, I th- against yeah. like corporations yes. and political there, I, elite. I don't think, I don't thing. think that's, I think that's the opposite. I don't think that's necessarily white at all. I think that right. that crosses cultures in my opinion. Yeah. And because typically there would be white folk who have that power they're Precisely. going up against. So, and I yeah. think it's uh, ironic that you have some, I think it's ironic that you uh, have some, some suburbia kids from San Francisco, they're talking about that. Pretty they're cool, right? So that's going to be a big fat zero to me. I think you are correct, sir. I will score that a zero as well. We are zooming through We're this whipping autopsy, through this man. Shit, we got to slow down and have yeah. like a long digression of some kind. Yeah, we will. Sorry, that's my phone. All right, category four, malignant machismo. Rico, how do you score? Um, I think punk rock is like inherently machismo, but... For them, it's it's how so? Um, just like, the I don't the, think a punk is being macho. I'm, Maybe well, hardcore. The fast aggressive uh, nature of the music gotcha, gives it a little okay. macho ness, gotcha, but gotcha, gotcha. not in the sense. Uh, what I was gonna say is it, it kind of comes off like that, but with these guys and their delivery, totally cancels that out. So I'm not feeling any machismo in here. I mean. Yeah. Uh, the only again the couple of lines that we've already mentioned can maybe there's a little machismo in that when he's like go talking to whatever f- person he's talking to about balling like the baby from a racer head and take out your fucking retainer there might be a little machismo in there yeah but his delivery man when you sound like tiny tim's b- little brother or older brother maybe there's not very much machismo in that, so I'm scoring it a zero for machismo. Well, and I think, too, I think that it's actually being satirical of macho tropes. Exactly. The macho frat boy who's who all he wants to ever do is get drunk, and he's a dummy, and he's a bully, That's right. and all he spends his time doing is drinking, and he also prioritizes getting laid, but he's drank so much that he can't right. even achieve that second goal. So the macho is... A, is sat the, the macho itself is satire, it's satire. which is anti-macho yeah and it's a common like <clears throat> in dead kennedy's catalog there's like a common like set of villains that jello is constantly going after and one is they have songs like jocko rama and macho insecurity and so they're always after like 
you know, jock frat boy types. Yeah. That's one of their common villains. The other one would be like political elites. And then another one would be like the music industry, you know? So they always have like these three and it's yeah. like a thread through all their albums that they're always kind of, and, and they don't like the police. There's quite a few songs <laughs> <laughs> about the police. Fuck the police. Yeah. So there's quite a bit about that too. So this is one that I think where they're targeting the frat boys a little bit. And I'm okay with them. that. You know, I was a frat boy and I'm okay with and, them calling out the frat boys. <clears throat> Yeah, but you were never really a big drinker. Well, for about 15 years of my life, I was. <laughs> Is that big? Is that a long time? I don't know. Like from the age of 15 till about 30 when I got Would married? you define yourself as a big drinker during that window of time? Yeah, huge. I think you partied, but I don't think you were. We have friends who okay. would like on. I don't think like on a Tuesday you were strapping one on. Unless I just don't know. Correct okay, me if I'm well, wrong. Okay, no, no, you're right. We I think you were a weekend warrior. Yeah, we we partied. You like you and I, we partied heavily. Yeah, but we weren't heavy drinkers. Right. I would right, drink a, a lot. I was a weekend warrior, exactly. but I wasn't someone who had to drink every damn day. No, and God, we have no. people in our lives that we know that are like that. For I sure. was never like okay, that. Okay, so know? from that perspective, no, we weren't heavy drinkers, but we certainly partied heavily. Can I push back a little? Because I've given some thought to this whole, like, I was never a frat boy, and it wasn't really my scene, but I could see where a lot of the behavior that our circle was doing could definitely kind of align with that, because we were partying all the time. But I think that there was- We were our own little kind of dirty frat, right? Our own little clique, and also I do think that there was- um, I think that a lot of the frat boys would like to go out and party and they would do it kind of like with their chest puffs out, puffed out and almost looking to like get into fights, which is something that Jello is constantly pointing out in his right. lyrics, you know? Agree. And so he's always looking to, to go out. I danced all night. I had 16 beers and started up a fight. And that's yeah. like the, the macho guy goals. Go out, get drunk and fight somebody yeah. and then bang some that's, chick. That's a total frat thing to do. Right. It is. Whereas we were never like, we were more We like, would drink 16 beers and laugh and, and just laugh about it yeah and listen to music and we would never and like, watch the sunrise yeah we were never like uh angry or bullyish kind of man those were fucking happen. we had some pretty good times man yeah but we I were mean, like, i hate to be reminiscent guy but we had some pretty cool times yeah those were fun days but yeah, we were, were never like putting anger out into oh the my world god no way drinking no way know? so we had our our frat was like happy frat yeah not angry fight frat all right, where are we at here? Oh, my gosh. We're we are in, in the middle five. of... So what was your score on Malignant uh, Machismo? Zero. zero, dude. Oh, uh, zero. Yeah. I'm going to score to zero as well, because if yep. anything, Jello is busy once again pointing out the ridiculousness of frat boy mentality. Of being machismo. Category five, our final category in this rock and roll autopsy on the Dead Kennedys Too Drunk to Fuck Dear listener, I know you're on the edge of your seat. You're just dying to know how this thing's going to score. Waiting We're wrapping it up. Breath. We're getting there, Rico. It's category five. It's culture vulture. Uh, Ooh, you, bur- you stepped on my uh, category. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I'll try again. Right, it's go. culture vulturism. Rico, how do you score? So they're not really appropriating another song style or another culture's Well, describe whatever, to the so. uninitiated, how does this song sound? It sounds like a fucking punk song, dude. 
Yeah. Do you see and you hear any like when you think of punk? Does it sound like Ramones punk? It sounds like it sounds like surfer rock. There you go. Now, now you're so so. Is this something that as someone who you're you're not a huge punk rock guy, but you're really open minded musically? When you hear the Sex Pistols, does it seem or not? I'm sorry. When you hear the Dead Kennedys, does it feel inherently different musically than what you hear from like Sex Pistols, Ramones, other you know? kind of staple punk acts yeah they they absolutely sound like they're from california yeah because of the surfer rock influence it's there isn't it it totally is yeah. i feel like the it's mu- like surfer rock from hell yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. and and so that's not that's not culture vulturism it's just where they're from it's their yeah. culture so they're not vulturing their own culture it's just their own culture they're putting their own california spin on punk rock which I think is pretty fucking cool. There's all kinds of different flavors of sure music and what they do, which is which is one thing that I don't hear any culture vultures. Maybe. I think the Dead Kennedys are are of the punk bands. They're one of the most fearlessly creative. I'd put them next to the Clash because the Clash is a punk band yeah, that has I love like the Clash. They're so funny. and they have a ton of different styles yeah. in the Clash. That's right? So you hear true, man. you hear reggae. You hear all kinds of different styles. So in, true. Not just. You know, straight ahead power chord punk, mm-hmm. and the Dead Kennedys are almost never straight ahead power chord. Punk. No way, they're always dipping their toes in different genres. At times they're hardcore, at times they're surf. Sometimes they're really spacey and kind of psychedelic. And there's and just some of some of their like these some of their guitar riffs that they throw in are so off the wall. And if you really don't pay attention, you'll miss it. But they're so fucking cool, and they just. They bring in some influences, but they're not appropriating anybody. No. They're not vulturing anybody. It just gives it more texture. And yeah, and East depth. Bay, I love East Bay Ray's playing because to me, he's like the edge of punk rock. He's often got a lot of delay going on. Like yeah. you hear a song like Holiday in Cambodia, it's got a lot of that Andy Summers edge kind of like delay texture thing happening. I think his, which is really cool. His sound know? is what gives it that surfer rock feel to it. I, so no, I'm my score is a zero, and I think yours is too. Right? Yeah, it's a zero. To me, the Dead Kennedys are one of the most fearlessly creative punk bands. They're very hard to put in a box. They, you know, they're political. They're funny. They're satirical. They're not like when I think Ramones, I just think bar chords down picked a million miles per hour mm-hmm. with a little bit of Beach Boys vocals. Same the Misfits. I think bar chords down picked a million miles per hour with like rockabilly vocals, and it's like, you know, with the Pistols, I think. Straight Straight ahead rock and it's like but but dead kennedys are just they got like a million different tools in their toolbox in terms of what they're there's doing that toolbox discussion again they just bring yeah. a, they bring a little more they have a little more to the cup some more tools and it, a little it's more just, color a little more color a little yep. more influence but not vulture yep and it just makes it so much better and so i know that i could um full disclosure ladies uh, lady and gentlemen who maybe are more than one of you out there but um this is the first time that I've listened to an, a Dead Kennedys album. It's on, it's, and you told us during your autopsy report, it's on Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death, right? Uh, it is also the, on that one, Give Me yeah. Convenience or Give Me okay. Death. It's all, well, it was originally Fresh Fruit for Rotten Vegetables, but then the Give Me, give me Convenience 
give the give me conspiracy or give me death, it's also on that one. Okay. With some of their live stuff. But yeah, because I think that's more of a compilation record, I think, if memory serves. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh so this is this is more I'm I'm like I said, as I've full you know, pull the pull the curtain back a tad and we've already talked about this. As I've gotten older, I've become more open-minded about music and and I love that I'm getting to listen to some punk rock now finally after after a long time, but um I thought that this the the couple albums of theirs that I listened to, I thought they were fucking amazing. They were outstanding. I was so entertained. There was nothing I disliked about it. I could I could listen to to these guys over and over again for See, a very I would, long time. And it surprises me a little bit because I would think of a lot of the punk acts. They're one that is like a little more abrasive and kind of like to a new listener would like if I had someone I was going to say okay. You like rock music and like in I would be like, well, you're not familiar with punk, but you want to try it. The Dead Kennedys are not the band I would go to really? to like start because I think they're just like the, the, the vocalist can be. I mean, Jello's voice is not for everyone. You know, I think the, the package of the band too, just the name of the band people find are really off putting. I would just say I would say the Dead Kennedys is a punk band that I would save for someone who's got a little more familiarity with punk and it'd be like, Well, if you like this and that sets well with You'd you probably you start somebody out with the Ramones. Probably. Yes, yeah. that's a good. I would yes, because yeah. I think the Ramones are the most user friendly, to borrow a term you use, of the punk bands because you can get you can catch the hooks and yeah. the vocals right off the bat. You know the lyrics are are funny. You know, so it's like, I, yeah, I think see totally. that's what I when I when I first started listening to these guys, I had I could not take them seriously. I mean, I caught the I caught the. the 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 entertainment value and the humor I caught it right away yeah I got a totally different feel from when I listen to Pistols from the when I listen to the Pistols I just get just rotten just wants to piss people off right and I just I got the complete opposite of that the second I started listening to these guys so well this is a really I mean Dead Kennedys are a really clever and thoughtful band I, I got mean, they that are, right away too and so and it is satire you well, know but they're but they're satire. skewering people that need it you know they're they're calling out elitism yep. and they're calling out like those groups i said the music industry mm-hmm. the the frat boys they're calling but they're using it but they're using satire they're not being obvious about it they're clever about how they do it so i love jello's lyrics i love jello's solo shit i love his new he's still put he just put out a record last year with jello biafra and the guantanamo school of medicine put out a new record last year that i love yeah. um and the name is escaping me right now it's got a black and white cover with a snake on it i can't remember the name but anyway i was spinning it on spotify it's terrific i mean this guy is still writing biting social commentary you know who else does it really really well that i'm going to draw a parallel into television is that Trey Parker and Matt Stone do satire brilliantly of culture. Yeah. And I feel like that's what Jello has always done, is he's he's satirical of culture the same way they are, you know? Because those guys are abrasive to a lot of people. But if you get what they're doing, they're actually very smart smart and intellectually have put a lot of thought into what they're doing. Yeah, and that's where DK is coming from. And yeah, so and that's and where I he's... got that from them, and yep. and I I like that 
it's not just in your face to stir the pot. There's a purpose for it. Yeah. I love that and about that. This song probably isn't the best example. It's probably not the best example in their catalog of that, but there's writing in their catalog that is so, it's so great. There's so, so many, smart. there's, there, oh, there's so many great songs, man. All right. Let's. Is my cock big enough? Is my brain small enough for you to make me a star? Okay. All right, so, let's tally it up. It's rock and roll autopsy. Rico. I got zero points, man. And I've got zero points as well. Can we add them up? Zero plus zero, 98 plus four, three divided by two, and that's a big fat. That's a zero. That's well, a zero. So not only did they not kill rock. But they contributed to it, and rightfully so. Yeah. They, this, this, our hardcore, factual, foolproof science once again works. Yeah, they're a band that, that America can be proud to have contributed Hell this yes. punk band to, Absolutely. to the uh, to the genre. They're not, this is a they're not just band. some fast-strumming punk band, dude. There's lots of musicianship. There are way better musicians than they lead on. There's a lot of thought in the lyrics. It's well Got executed. Got some brain cells it's, going on. It's very entertaining. It's funny. Everybody should be listening to this shit, man. All right, listeners, go out and drink 16 beers and pass out trying to get laid. This has been Rock and Roll Autopsy. Good night now. Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah! Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Hey guys, it was like a mistake. There's no mistake anymore. Oh, to the door, love it till the morning. I'm gone. I'm gone. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs>